you know, I think we get into this thought process where it's a race, it's a race, it's not a race. Biz Women Rock, episode 110. What's going on? This is Katie Kermitzos. I'm your host of Biz Women Rock. This is the place where you will hear really inspirational and really honest stories from business women who have great journeys to share so that your business can truly be touched by it. Now, before we get into everything today, I just wanted to make a quick little community announcement for you that the show will be moving from going live every Monday, Wednesday, Friday to going live every Monday, Wednesday. From all the feedback that I've received, it seems pretty universal that Mondays and Wednesdays are the days that you are most hyper to listen and getting the most out of it and being able to really take some action on these stories. So, um, and let's be honest, by Friday, you're ready to relax. So wanted to make sure that you knew that, that from now on, the show will be going live twice a week, every Monday and Wednesday. Now let's get on with the show. I've got a great story to share with you today, but before we begin, it is time for our Biz Women Wednesday series. Every single Wednesday before our main interview, we take a second to shine the light on an amazing woman who's a part of the Biz Women Rock community. Today, that light goes on Tina Joy Cochran, who is the Joy Architect. I love that term. She is a certified health coach, and she basically helps women to lose weight and create a lifestyle that supports health. She's a very diversified woman, but one of the most interesting things about her is that she founded a nonprofit called Alpacas for Autism. Um, she and her husband actually live on a 25-acre alpaca farm. Tina, great job. My nephew actually has autism, and uh, I need to bring him up to Missouri to go to your alpaca farm. If you want to find out more about Tina or how you can be highlighted here during this Biz Women Wednesday series, just go to bizwomen.com. I could not be more excited to bring you my guest today. Her name is Pam Hendrickson, and she's the owner of Pam Hendrickson Consulting, aptly named. And um, what her skill is, is helping people create products out of their business and their knowledge. And she is so good at this because she did this for the Robbins Research Institute. That's right. That is Tony Robbins for 18 years. So the girl knows what she's talking about, um, has built up a really great business, decided to go out on her own back in 2010, and has built a tremendous business. Now, not only does she tell us about her story and about her time at Tony Robbins and about you know, how she's really built up her own business, but she actually really gets into her area of expertise and gives such great information about why you should be productizing things and how you can do that and a bunch of foundational things that you need to have in order to do that correctly. Now, I will tell you during the favorite five segment of this, which is at the very end of the conversation, she actually turns the tables on me and um, decides to ask me all my favorite too, which really spawns up a, a very great conversation. But I just want to prepare you, this um, this interview is a little longer just because of that point. Um, but it's a lot of fun and we were just joking back and forth the whole time. So she is wonderful. If it's possible that I have a girl crush on somebody, she is it. I mean, she just totally rocked my world, gave such great information, and um, was just so wonderful. You're going to love what she has to say. So let's get rolling. Pam, what's going on, girl? Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Ooh, okay. So minus a few technical difficulties, we finally got on air. <laughs> 
Um, I am so excited to bring your story to everyone listening today because, um, you know, you and your history and what you do um, is just so well known. I mean, you really have sort of done this tour. Um, uh, you know, Amy Porterfield talks about you. John Lee Dumas talks about you. I mean, you have great people talking about your expertise. Um, which is amongst product and product creation. But I'm so excited to share the story of why you are you and how you have come to be. Um, so I really want to give everyone like a, a foundation. So if you can um, kind of set up maybe what your professional history has been so that we can really talk about your business. Great. Well, I, you know, I've been in business a long time. I, uh, you know, after college, you know, I grew up in a really traditional town. I promise I'm not going to go back and tell my whole life story. <laughs> Promise there's relevance in here. But, um, you know, I grew up in a really, really traditional town in Corning, New York. And after graduation, I went to college and I went to Brown University thinking I was going to become a psychologist. So, you know, sure enough, after all that time, money, and effort poured into my education, I graduate and announced to my parents, I don't want to be a psychologist. So, you know, my parents, having no idea what to do, sent me to California to work with Tony Robbins so that he could, um, quote, fix me. So, oh, they, my gosh. They, they now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have to ask for a second. So, like, were you raised, like, like listening to Tony Robbins? Like, was that part of your family culture? Like, how, does you, how do mom and dad just choose, like, hey, go work with Tony Robbins? <laughs> I know. Well, they, actually, they sent me to an event first. But they I, it's funny because, you know, very traditional upbringing. My mom was a church organist for 40 years. You know, my dad worked for Corning Glow. But it was funny. They loved personal development. Like, we would go on family vacations, and they would put a cassette tape in the car of Earl Nightingale, and my brother and I would have to listen to it. And, and what's funny is, as a result, I hated personal development. I wanted <laughs> nothing to do with it. So when I graduated, I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. And they're thinking, we just spent four years on your education. You know, they, they didn't know what else to do. So they gave me a set of Tony Robbins tapes and said they were sending me to California to go to one of his events to fix me. So I kind of went kicking and screaming. Oh, my gosh. I didn't want to go. Yeah. So I went to the event, though, and, and it was so profound for me for a couple of reasons that hopefully relates to anyone listening here, which is number one was – I really got that it's about personal responsibility. And, and I say that because, you know, we live in a culture today where it's so easy for people to blame things on, you know, their past or society or the economy or their parents or whatever it is. But the key is we have to take responsibility from what we do with that and how we use it in our lives to, to, to have the things we want and give the things we want to give. And so I really, really got that at a whole nother level that, you know what, regardless of anything, your life really is about you taking responsibility for, for what it is you want and the gifts you're here to give. Um, but the second thing that was really profound for me was that not, not one time did he tell anybody what to think, feel, or do, ever. And that was really shocking to me because I, I think it was one of the reasons I didn't want to go. I thought, well, he was going to tell me what to do and I don't want to be told what to do. And it really wasn't that. It was about clarifying what it is you want and then putting in the place the best tools and resources that can get you there and then unlocking anything that could get in your way of getting what it is you want. And so I share that because, you know, after going to the event, it was really transformative for me. And I ended up moving to California and, and working for Tony for, for over 18 years. I literally worked my way up from being the receptionist, hanging up on people on a daily basis. To <laughs> wait, 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 what do you mean hanging up on people? People uh, were like prank calling you or asking? No, no, no I was receptionist. 
receptionist. You know, we had to answer the phone. It's a great day at Robin's Research. How may I direct your call? And, yeah. and I was horrible running. It was a, one of those old-fashioned switchboards. I couldn't do it. It's, it's hard. <laughs> There's a lot of buttons. I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. So I mean, I hung up on Tony. I hung up on everybody. It was. It was really. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah, I was, it turned out I was much better at content and product. So I did. I worked my way up and and became the vice president of content and product development, and. I went out on my own because, you know, 18 years in, it was a great job. People are like, well, why would you leave such a great job? But, you know, I had two little boys. My boys were had were, been born recently and they were very, very little. And I love my job, but I would leave in the morning to go to work. I would come screaming home in the driveway at night, hoping I would get upstairs in time to kiss them goodnight. And I just, I was missing out on what was really important to me, which was just time with my family. And then the other thing that happened was my mom, who I was really, really close to, you know, she was a piano teacher, but, but so much more than that. She was diagnosed with cancer and she passed away five and a half weeks after her diagnosis. Oh, and wow. I know, so it, you know, right before, and I'll talk a little bit about that and just some of the struggles and challenges, but also, you know, how to use those struggles and challenges to, to, for the greater good, I think. But she said something to me literally within the week before she passed, which was, she said, you know, Pam, life is fleeting, but that's what makes it so precious. And Mm -hmm. when she said that, I thought, you know, that's it. You know, I just, I need to be with my family and, and I don't want to play small anymore. And I just thought, you know, if I can take what I was doing for Tony, which is helping him expand his mission and his reach and package his content into products and services that people could use to make their lives better. I thought, gosh, if I can do that for other people and help them take their mission, whatever it is, whether it's, it's what I love about your, your show is we have everything from toffee to, <laughs> you know, baby moccasins to, to all kinds of things. But what, you know, ice chips, whatever it is, but your gift and, and using it, you know, to do, to do great things, to give you a lifestyle that's really meaningful for you, to make people's lives better. And I thought, gosh, if I can play a small part in that, then that's a pretty cool way to spend my career. So that, that is really my story. Um, you know, I made a lot of mistakes. We'll get into the mistakes. I like to say my career is kind of the sum total of, you know, 5,412 mistakes I've made along the way. And <laughs> You know, is that all? Geez. I, I know, right? I still, I still have a lot more left to go. So, you know, but I think if we, if you know, and I know you think this too, if, if we can help prevent other people from making some of those stupid, crazy mistakes that we've made, then then we've done some good here. You know, so. I, I swear one of the best pieces of feedback I get about this podcast and people who are listening is that, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, I thought I was the only one who did X or I was the only one who, you know, I thought I was the only one who fell on my butt this way. And, you know, there, there's such a, a power in telling a story where you could be like, hey, here's where I messed up and here's what I did to fix it. That can totally help somebody completely bypass that in a way. I think it's so powerful. It, it is. And it's, you know, it's funny because I do a lot of work, you know, it's funny because I've got a corporate background on one hand, I've got this personal development background, and now I do a lot of work in the internet marketing arena. And, you know, it gets frustrating to me because I think, you know, we hear these stories or we get these emails of, gosh, you know, I made a million dollars in two weeks while sipping margaritas on the boat in the Bahamas. And, <laughs> right, you know, yes. and, and you and I know that they didn't really make 
a million dollars. Maybe that was their gross, but they probably didn't net that. And and secondly, they did a heck of a lot of work leading up to that to make it possible. You know, it's all these things, but we we see this what we perceive as other people's success out there, and and then we go into comparison mode and we start comparing ourselves to them and thinking we should have what they have and well, why am I not there? And and you know, then we start beating ourselves up or start thinking we can't do it. And it's just there's certain principles that if you follow them, you'll you're gonna be fine. And a lot of times, really, building a, a real business, meaning a business that has a solid foundation, you're gonna be in way better shape, you know, than than the guy who's who's making a million dollars, you know, in two weeks in a promotion that that may be one and done. Well, and that's what you have done really, really well throughout your career. And now what you're really doing for yourself, for your clients, which is helping them package their knowledge, what they do so well, and being able to package that in a way that um, that is repetitive, it's automated, it's something that continues to work for them. Um, right. And I definitely want to get into that. But there's one thing I'm very, very curious about. What I'm sure you get this question a lot, but like, what was it really like working for the um, Robert Robbins Research Institute? Like, what was it really like working with Tony Robbins? What kind of major, I, I know you kind of worked up the ladder, but what were some of the moments that really made an impression on you as far as who you were as a businesswoman? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, it, it was an amazing experience. It still is. I still do some things here and there to support the company. And, and I think it's a couple things is that it's a big business that has the feel of a small business. And and there's so many things that, that he, Tony Robbins, does right, which is, you know, number one, it's all about the customer, everything. Everything is about making sure they're taken care of, that we're doing the best we possibly can and providing them tools that they can use. And it was very powerful to be part of that. And I think, you know, along with that, Tony has an incredibly high standard for how things, you know, can be done and, and to produce just exceptional work. So I, I learned a lot, you know, and it's it's kind of a funny story. I so, you know, probably two or three years into working there, I, that was when I, I moved over into content and product development and had the chance to work with him directly. And I mean, I I, I quit seven times my first year. No. <laughs> Every time it was the same, I, I'd be in tears and I'd, I'd walk into Tony's office and I'd say, I'm so sorry, we have to talk, I can't do this. Why, and, Why were you doing that? Like you were just overwhelmed? Was, I was overwhelmed and I... I you know, I was putting too much pressure on myself, but I, I wasn't thinking outside the box. And so like, and then of course he would come up with some new piece of content related to our conversation. And then the conversation never seemed to come back around to me quitting. Right. <laughs> so kind of He's funny. a master of diversion. Yeah, but, it, but every single time it was my own limitation. So it was like, you know, he wanted to transcribe everything. And, and the reason is, is, you know, he would produce an event, we would transcribe it. We would really evaluate the structure of it. You know, what was it? What worked? What can we improve for the future? And he's he's a big uh, believer in just constant improvement, right? So, so you know, I was struggling with, this is a stupid little thing, I'll give you an example, where I wasn't getting approval on the budget to send out all that transcription. I was like, I can't do it. So I was trying, I just assumed I had to do it myself. So I'm trying to transcribe like crazy, oh you know, and, and he just says to me, he said, well, you know, there's so many other solutions. Like, don't you think we could do a trade? Like, there probably would be customers who are great transcriptionists who would be excited to transcribe some of our stuff in exchange for some of our products or events. So... Every single time it was about I had a limitation in my thinking or in my approach to what I was doing that was causing me to not see solutions that that would make things a lot easier, you know, not only for me, but but get us a better result in the business. And so I really think back to that a lot because I think today, 
you know, your questions really got me thinking um, just about what some of my struggles have been. And there's certainly tactical things I didn't know, but the biggest struggles were always, always my mindset, you know, and that was always my biggest limitation. Well, and what a huge blessing that you pretty much were raised up. Your professional career was really raised up in that environment that really forced you to and deal with those things. And now I'm like, gosh, people pay a lot of money for that coaching, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. So when you did decide to go out, there was sort of like this this year-long time when you were still working um, for Tony Robbins and you were sort of having clients on the side. So what was that experience like? Like how did you actually first go out and say, hey, these are the clients I want to have and now you had those relationships? Like how did you get those first couple of clients and what was yeah. that like really straddling that fence? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And I think, you know, one of the biggest challenges we have in business is we overestimate what we can do up front, but we kind of underestimate what's possible over three, four, five years, you know, and I do. I think you can be making progress and certainly bringing in money your first year or two, but I do think it takes a couple of years to really get your foundation going. And so for me, it, it, I wish I could say it was some great strategy on my part. It wasn't, it was just luck. But, you know, I really, I really, you know, I'm trying to think in terms of, you know, how I found my clients. It was really relationships I had. Uh, one of them through a really good friend of mine who was in internet marketing and he referred a couple of clients but it allowed me to build my business get some of my online presence set up it allowed me to get going on creating some products and services while I was still being paid as a consultant and you know still still consulting for the Robbins organization it was really really good now I, I wouldn't have just because the job was so con um, consuming, I wouldn't have been an employee full time and also consulted on the side just because I think that that can get you into trouble. But um, but I consulted for them as well as some other people as a transition, which is a great, great way to do it, I think. Now, your, your skill set and what you do as a business now is really help people create products. So um, I want to pick your brain a little bit about what people can do in order to do that. And I know I'm sure that there's probably like a foundation of where to start. So if you can kind of like give people a kind of a foundation as to why they need to do this in the first place, how important productizing yourself and your business really are, and maybe a couple of first steps that they can take in doing that. Yeah, no problem. So, you know, the reason to create products are number one is you don't really have a business without it. And so what happens a lot of times is people start a business, but they're still trading their time for money. And as long as you're doing that, you know, you can call it your own business, but it's really being self-employed. Um, it's not really being a business owner and entrepreneur because what a business owner means is it means that you have products and services that your business is selling and providing value for that doesn't require you to be there, that isn't dependent on you. And so products give you many things. Three of them are, number one is just leverage, you know, instead of only being able to help people or make a difference or solve people's problems in a one-to-one -one relationship, all of a sudden you have your products that are your little robots or missionaries out in the world doing that work for you without you having to be there. You know, the second thing is, it's just you can scale it at a different level. You can, um, you know, you're not limited and you can sell and, and deliver value on hundreds, thousands of products and services that are making a difference without you being here there. It scales your impact and it scales your income. And then the last part is just, you know, it's the, it's the money while you sleep, right? It's, it's the being able to have that difference and make that difference um, while you're doing other things that you enjoy. So, so it's a really, really powerful thing. I think that 
to get there, the problem is a lot of people just dive in and they start creating their product or service. And, and there's some work you have to do up front, which will, which will make your product or service a lot more effective. And, you know, one of my mantras is more time in the planning is less than the execution. So, you know, if somebody were starting from scratch today, and, and when I work with my clients, this is one of the things I do with my private coaching clients is, you know, first question is, let's get really clear on what you want what you want for your business. Actually, you and I had that conversation, Katie, before yeah, we even yeah. started this podcast. Oh, she know? put me on the spot. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, okay, what is this? Why did you do this? And what are your goals? <laughs> what was great was you have a lot of clarity about your goals and the impact you want to have and what you want it to do for your life and how your life fits into it. But I think that's so important because if you don't, how can you create products and services that are going to support it, you know? And so yeah, I have two little boys. Um, they're growing up very fast at elementary school age, but uh, I want to do things that I can deliver out of my home for the most part so I can spend time with my family. So, so getting really, really clear about what you want for your life, how your business supports that and what you want your business to be about. It, it's not to be underestimated. I, I feel like almost every person I work with, we have to set that rewind button and go back and really ask those questions. Um, so that we can make sure that the business model supports it, you know? I think that's so true. And, you know, you did bring up before about um, this idea of like, uh, I think we were talking off air about like this idea of building it on an audience because as you were grilling me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I was saying like, you know, I've been I've been humbled by the fact that we have so many amazing, um, so many amazing listeners to the podcast and such a robust online community. And in my product creation, like I'm sort of in the throes of that right now, like trying to figure that out, you know, putting on um, online workshops, being able to create ebooks, things like that, that people can really have access to. Um, and, and you said that's so important to actually build up the community first versus creating a product with crickets, you know, like just creating yeah. a product because you create product. Yeah, and it's it's that whole thing where you know you dive in and create your product, and then you think, okay, how am I going to market it? Where it's really the opposite. You really have to resolve what's the offer, what's the hook, how am I going to market this, and then you create the product. And and that that's a huge shift for a lot of people. A lot of people they just dive into the product side, and and really what you want to dive into is the marketing side. Um, that said, you know, if, if step one, so to speak, is you and about clarifying what you want and what your business is about, step two is about your customers and really understanding them and who are they and, and what do they think about, what do they want, what do they feel, what keeps them up at night, you know, what are their biggest hopes and dreams because when you can really understand that at a very specific level, then that puts you in such a more powerful position to be able to create products and services that they not only really want, but it's, it's you know, your goal is to create a product and service where they raise their hand and it's, it's they have to have it. Right. That's yeah. how important your product, that's how important it is to them in their lives is like they have to have it to solve this problem or they have to have it to, to you know, get it, you know, what it is they want in a positive side. So, so you know, starting with you and then moving to your customers is so important. And then the next step is really your platform is building up a following and starting to communicate with prospects and customers and, and understanding them because your product or service created in a vacuum. It's just, it'll be, it can be good, 
but it will never be the ultimate world-class product that you want it to be because your customers are going to teach you so much. They're going to ask you questions you never thought of. So it's, it's, it's so important to, you know, number one, build that platform up so you have a customer base to sell your products and services to. But secondly, you know, it makes for better products and services and it makes that the product side so easy because your customers pretty much tell you what it is they want. Yeah. Now, Pam, I mean, you have so much knowledge over this. You, you know, for years had worked with Tony Robbins on actually implementing this for him and for your clients now. You you help them implement this for them. How do you implement it for you? Like what has what has your evolution been in actually creating product for yourself and being able to really do what you say everyone should do? <laughs> I love that. That's question. the ultimate question, right? It is the ultimate question. It is. And, you know, I think, gosh, I talked to so many business owners too where, where they are in the same situation where sometimes it's the cobbler's shoes. Yep. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, and I've had website shame for a long time, you know. So, uh, <laughs> I love that term. <laughs> it's, you know, it is, it, it, it's, we're always the hardest ones to work with, like working with, at least for me, I'll, I'll say that I, it, the hardest person I work with is myself. And cause I get in my own way so much, you know, and, and I can get caught up in my own perfectionist traps or my gosh, well, my product or service really has to be great because, you know, X, Y, Z, instead of forgetting what really matters is it's really got to help my customers, you know? So, um, I think for me, the, the traps I've fallen into have, have been around, you know, anytime I stray away from the process, bad things happen. <laughs> you know? That's interesting. Go in, explain that a little bit. Yeah. So anytime I stray away from this process of, okay, what's the business outcome? What's the business goal of this product or service? Who is the customer this is for? What problem are we solving for them or what goal are we helping them achieve? And, you know, what's the offer that's going to compel them to have to have it now? And that's the process. So times I've strayed from it were, you know, I think, I think a couple of things is, is, you know, if I just, sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, I think, well, I know my customers, I'm just going to start creating the product or service. It never works. And I think the other thing is when I was starting out, I just thought, well, you know, I've been in business for a long time. I'm older than a lot of these people. I have <laughs> relationships. Of course, my product or service is going to do six figures, maybe even seven figures. It's going to be fine. Well, you know, my business lost uh, $1,542 my first year of business. Wow. And yeah, and it was, you know, it was, it was stupid. I had one thing for sale that was a $297 product. I sold, I don't know, 23 units of it, something like that. Our cost, you know, exceeded what we brought in. And I never made the off another offer. That was it. I didn't, I didn't have anything else. I didn't, and I never sold that in, in more than one time. So it was, it was just really stupid, right? You know, I just, I just, um, and I just didn't go through the process. You know, I didn't do what I needed to do, which is build up my list and build up my relationships with with key people in my market and in my industry. You know, get to know my customers, find out what they really want. So, so it was very humbling and and very good. After all this time of really, you know, building your business and doing it really for the desire to be at home with your kids, to watch your kids grow up, you know, um, and also to kind of, you know, build something of your own, how, like, how have you, what does your lifestyle look like now? And how do you really manage all being all of those things? Like, how do you manage being this visionary and builder of your business and being a wife and being a mom and being a friend and doing all the things that you want to do? How have you, like, what, what habits do you have in your life that really help you manage that? That's a great question. You know, I think, I think it's a couple of things. I think it, like I said, it all starts with mindset 
and, and being kind to ourselves and not comparing and not judging ourselves, you know, and, and really understanding that we're capable of a lot of things, but um, we have to take care of ourselves to let things happen a little slower sometimes. You know, I think we get into this thought process where it's a race, it's a race, it's not a race. You know, you have to have stamina to reach your destiny. And so you have to take care of yourself and you have to do those things that fill you up and, and, and allow you to give 100% to your business when you're working in your business. And so, you know, for me, a lot of it is very simple. It's rituals and schedule. And so the first thing I do, my husband and I do every year, my husband works in my business with me, which is fantastic, is we sit down every year and we plan, we usually plan around the holidays and we take out a calendar and we lock in our time first. So we lock in vacation time when the kids are off school. We lock in a couple of little mini getaways for my husband and I. We lock in all the things that are important to us personally before we ever even start logging in the business things, events and things like that. I love that. It's really, really powerful because otherwise your time gets taken over by all these other things. And so, but then the second thing is you got to have those blocks of times where you can just really work and think and write and focus. And so I take my, my strongest part of the day, which is in the morning and I block out, you know, four hours, a couple, you know, two or three mornings a week, which is my creative time. And then everybody and everything else gets, gets filled in around those things. I love so, it. And you have to have the discipline to stick with it, you know? You do. You just schedule it and you just let everybody around you know. And, you know, you talk about building a team. I have a really small team. It's, it's a couple of people, my husband and myself, you know, we contract most of it out. But, you know, we've got, you know, graphic designer, customer support people, uh, tech person, marketing person. But, but my two primary people who I work with are my husband and my marketing director. And they protect my time like crazy. So we just took the system out we put a system in place where it's not possible for me to do that you know it's it's because if i if i left it to my own devices i would probably be recording you know eight shows a day for people <laughs> you know and, and doing 5000 other things so we we took the decision out of my hands you know and it's not to say i don't input on those decisions but but um i think having a really good gatekeeper having just one person in your business whether it's somebody you're related to or not who who's going to be your protector can be really really important mm. but but it doesn't take that long. It takes, you know, one time of scheduling your vacation and locking in in, in stone and, and being able to do that. It takes one time for you to realize, wow, this is a pretty cool thing. I, I really <laughs> love that's a great takeaway. Um, what do you what do you, what would you contribute to your success with working with your husband? And as anyone listening to this knows, I work with my husband. I have a you know, we have a local business together. Um, and I just I'm always curious because um, I know a lot of women work with their husbands or with their spouses and their significant others or family or what have you. What what component is it for you that you think makes it successful? That's yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I love it. I think it's a couple things. One is just appreciation and gratitude and you know how lucky we are to be able to wake up in the morning and get to work together on something we really feel is adding value and making a difference and we get to do it together and we get to support our family in the process. It's amazing. So, you know, doing everything you can to stay in that grateful place is important. And then, you know, for us, our skill sets are very, very different. So we don't overlap in terms of what we do for the business. You know, I do all the content and the product and the marketing. He does all of the customer support and the sales and the finances. So it's really incredibly complimentary. And I think that helps a ton. And then you just have to have a lot of trust and you have to have great communication. It's, it's something I learned from Tony Robbins is, would you rather be right or would you rather be in the relationship? Mm. And 
nine times out of 10, the answer is, you know, the relationship's more important. So, you know, there's a lot of ways to get an outcome and just because his is different from mine doesn't, doesn't mean anything. And that, and that one time out of 10, that's when it really blows up and goes to hell. Pretty good argument. You know, my 11 year old has to jump in and say, Mom, Dad, stop fighting. You know, okay, I got it. And I did. I mean, just two weeks ago, my little one uh, locked the bathroom doors from the outside, you know, so you couldn't get in the bathroom. Right. And I don't know if you have any locks like that in your house where it's a stupid little pinhole. You got to get the little thing yep. in. Exactly right. Turn it. You know, two hours I've seen there trying to open the dang bathroom door for them. And I, I mean, literally, I, I blew up at a door. I mean, <laughs> And my kids are just looking at me with these wide eyes. <laughs> but uh, you, you have to have a short memory and you just have to say, you know what? It was just a bad moment. It's okay. I'm going to move on. <laughs> I love that. I really love that. So, um, Pam, where, where do you really want to take things? Like what, what, are you, what is your vision for where you want your business to go? And what are you, what are you really excited about that's coming up? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's a few things. I really started out as the product creation girl, right? You know, everybody, and they still do, and that's still primarily what I do and what I'm known for, and, and specifically training and in information products. Like, how do you take content, package it up in a way, whether it's a live event or whether it's an information product, whether it's, you know, an online membership site or DVDs or CDs or a corporate training program or software, whatever that is, how do you do that? But what I really learned is that what I'm passionate about is in addition to that is making sure that the foundation is in place for a successful business. And so my mission today is really about shaping your business from a foundation standpoint. Like, are you, do you have clarity about what you want, about who your customers are, about, do you have a marketing system in place that isn't dependent on you to drive in new customers and to close sales? And I think when you can put all those pieces together in a way that's unique for each business, because it is, every business is different. Um, it's really, really special. And, and just getting to hear the stories. I mean, you get to hear it all the time with all the interviews you do of just this incredible success out there. And I think, you know, I work with a lot of women and, and my right hand person is, is a new mom and she started working with me because she had a corporate job and you know she had her baby and thought hi ah, you know I need more flexibility and it's just what a gift to be able to provide that for her and so I think you know if we can set up businesses and I can help other people particularly women set up their businesses in a way that supports them and their family and their situation it's just gosh it's so powerful hmm. I love that well, I want to shift into our last segment of the show, which is your favorite five. Are you ready for this? I am ready. Woohoo! All right. She's got opinions. I have opinions. <laughs> says, you have a lot of opinions. I do. I think that's we, we tend to have a lot of opinions. That's good. See, if somebody did flip my favorite five on me, I couldn't answer because I'm like the, but I love this and I love this and I don't know which is, okay, which should I love more? Answer, then, then you just you just set yourself up. You're going to have to. I, I will do it. Tell you what. I will do the, the five, but you are going to do it back. Oh, man. Oh, crap. Okay. Ready? Okay. Now I'm double thinking what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, ready? Here we go. So what what is your favorite business tool? Uh, my favorite business tool is, well, I'm going to give you two answers, See? right? <laughs> you know, but it's okay. You just tell me. I'm making up the rules. We're business owners, right? I love it. Go ahead. Is anything Apple? Is is if I didn't have my my Mac and my iPhone, I don't know what I would do. So love my Apple products. I think you and I are soul sisters. <laughs> <laughs> I know, probably, right? 
right? It, it's just part, like I can pick some other things. I mean, I love WordPress. I love, you know, leadpages.net is a great way to create one-off landing pages. Um, there's a, a ton of tools I can get, but I'm, I'm going stick to with, stick with the Apple products. What about you? Okay. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a huge lead page, brand new lead pages uh, customer, by the way. Love it. Love lead pages. Leadpages.net. Yes. The um, done for you uh, lead capture pages. Yeah. Um, so I, my favorite tool, my favorite business tool right now, I think um, it switches every single day. But um, recently, it's Evernote. I'm using that a lot to organize my podcast, my guests, information about them. And it's just, it's very clear and succinct. I really love it. Great. So, all right. How, how about your favorite book? Oh, my favorite book. I have so many favorite books. Um, I well, I'll just name two one two that I purchased recently, which is uh, Carmine Gallo. Uh, originally wrote the book called The Presentation Secrets of Steve Jobs. Um, wrote a new book called Talk Like Ted, and I love it because it's it's about public speaking secrets. And I think if you can master the art of presentation and speaking, you're going to go a long way. So any book about story or presentation, I really love. So I love that book. Um, I have uh, uh, Anne Hanley's new book, Everybody Writes, that I like a lot. I'm actually looking at my bookshelf here as we talk. Um, you know, just some of the classic personal development books I really like, ironically, the ones that my parents <laughs> made me read when I was little. But <laughs> right. now they mean something completely different to you, you know? What about you? Favorite book? Um, oh, once again, this is a really hard one, but. Um, the one that's uh, distinctly on my mind right now is a book, and I'm not remembering the name of the author, but it's um, uh, how oh shoot, um, how to how to sell your business. Uh, sell, um, oh my goodness, why can't I remember the name of this? Um, you build build, build to sell. That's what it's called. Build to sell. It is. Oh, is exit strategy. Yeah, it's amazing. So whether you think you want to sell your business or not, like it's it's a must read as far as how to package your business in a way that makes it more automated, more impactful, you know, able to scale. And should you want to leave, that makes it a lot easier to do that, you know? That's so important. And again, it goes back to having clarity about what you want up front. Right? Exactly. Love it. Okay, you ready? If you're, if you're no, 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 I'm not. I'm going to <laughs> you're, you're not just going to be like, what, what are these two women doing? <laughs> so um, if you are in a position where you're looking at starting your own business, and I'm, I'm obviously speaking to listeners here, is this book by Stephen Pressfield called Turning Pro is is so powerful. It's The subtitle is Tap Your Inner Power and Create Your Life's Work. And it's just these little tools. It's a quick, quick read, um, but it's just fantastic in terms of the mindset and approach of having your own business. So Love it. I've heard a lot about that book. I haven't read it yet, though. Um Okay, so we're going to move on to question three. What is your favorite Tony Robbins moment? <laughs> um, gosh, uh, well, I'm trying to think which one I want to give. All right, I'll give the one where it was the first event where I had an opportunity to work with him, and we were in Hawaii, and, you know, I was so excited. I didn't know that I wasn't going to sleep for 10 days, which is pretty much what happened. <laughs> and it's the morning of the event. The event starts at, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and it's, like, 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning. And it's one of my first conversations with him, right, other than just hello. And so I get in front of him, and he says, hey, you know, I need a copy of that, of my Unlimited Power book you know, his best-selling book called Unlimited Power. And I just looked at him and said, I don't have your book. He says, oh my gosh, I need it right now. There's a there's a thing in it that I need to do to deliver to the audience right now. Like, how could you not have it? It's my book. It's like, like of all things, how could you possibly come to Hawaii and not bring like my own book? Like, I can't even believe that would happen. <laughs> we need it. We I got to go out and deliver in like three hours. What are we going to do? 
And it was such a defining moment because in that moment, and his passion was really, he, you know, just wanted to serve the audience and, and wanted the example, right? So, you know, every part of me wanted to cower down and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, and just like slink away. But something in me just kind of clicked. And he's tall, he's six foot seven, and I'm five foot two. So it's, it's quite a sight, the two of us standing next to each other. And I just looked up and I said, you know, Tony, I'm sorry I don't have your book, but I got to be honest with you. It would be the last thing I would think of bringing to your event. I mean, it's your book. You wrote it. Don't you know all the content that's in it already? Ooh, boom. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so great. He's so great this way. He just looks down at me and he you know, far down at me. He just looks at me and he just starts cracking up and laughing. And he's like, you know, such a great point. So <laughs> I was afraid to solve it. But but it was just it was just one of those really fun, fun moments. So he's a lot of fun. He's a really good sense of humor too, by the way. That's awesome. So I'm not going to ask you your favorite Tony Robbins m moment um, because you may not have one, but what, what is one of your favorite business moments? Well, I do have a Tony Robbins moment, actually. So I, yeah. I have read a lot of Tony Robbins. I've listened to a lot of Tony Robbins. And then back about two years ago, I went to my very first um, Unleash the Power Within event and walked on the coals, did all that sort of stuff. Um, and there, there's this moment there, um, and everyone who's been to UPW can identify with this, that it's like sort of the end when you're like kind of releasing all of your fears and you kind of get to see them in yeah. front of you. So you're really emotional, you're crying. And at first I was very um, self-conscious about like literally like bawling, right? But right. there's 5,000 people in the room and you hear how they're bawling. And all of a sudden it was this really great like – just cleansing moment of us all just bawling together. Like I was allowed to be in my own bubble and and cry my head off about all these fears that I had. And I got to I got to be part of everyone else doing that and kind of support them, but knowing that they weren't judging me and I wasn't judging them. And and that moment was so powerful because it was so cleansing. And it was it was that one moment where it was like, who who really cares, Katie? Like these fears, like really, they're here. You've just cried it all out. Like who cares? And it was that, I mean, what he does so well, which is really get down to, you know, what truly do you have to to fear? Like there's nothing to fear. Like if you just get it out, you have nothing. And that, that one event completely shifted a couple of major elements in my life. One of them was how I, my relationship with money. Like, you know, before then I was very much the worrier and oh my gosh, do I, you know, is this, I had to budget the business X amount of, you know, months or years out, which is a very good idea, but I would worry about, I just had so much worry and fear and money about not having enough. And in that literally in one weekend, it completely shifted how I thought about money and how I interacted in, in my relationship with money. And I, I just immediately moved to this person of abundance. Like, it's all going to happen. It's all going to work out. And, you know, there have definitely been moments in my business where it's been like, you know, crap, how, how are we doing? Sure that's going to work out. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're like, how am I going to pay payroll yeah. in two weeks? You know, but like everything always works out. And the moment I made that shift, the moment it happens a hell of a lot faster, you know, like I know that the universe is going to take care of me. I know that, you know, worst case scenario, you know, like everything blows up and I have to go, you know, do I have friends who are going to take care of me? Like it just was, it, once you get down to that dirty nastiness of fear, like you really see that there's really nothing to fear. And that yeah. was a major Tony moment for it me. It is. And I think it's, you know, you know, he has a new book on finances coming out. I think it's it's uh, available even for pre-order, but it's um, called Money, Master the Game, Seven oh. Steps, Simple Steps to Financial Freedom. So he actually wrote a whole book about money um, out of that, out of his desire to, to help empower, empower um, people financially. But um, I think it's a great point because it's, you know, a lot of your questions are around, okay, 
what were some of the obstacles? How did you overcome them? And I do think whatever it looks like for you, having some type of personal development or growth strategy for you personally is really important because our businesses are such a reflection of who we are and and you know our strengths our limitations and and obviously you know needing to be in a place where you're building on your strengths is important but but having some personal development just to help us get out of our own way sometimes is that's great yeah and i've had i mean i've had so many people on this show just say like having your own business is the best personal development program you can go to <laughs> You know, my bigger stretch marks aren't from having my kids. They're from having my own business. Every product I put out, I, I get a couple of stretch marks, I think. That's hilarious. I love that. <laughs> um, okay, okay. Let's move to our fourth question, which is with Tony Robbins, you got to travel the world a lot. So what has been your favorite place that you've traveled to? Oh, hands down. He owns a resort in Fiji um, called the Namali Resort. And it's just stunning and spectacular. And I think... The reason he loves it is the people and the people are just so beautiful and, and the island he's on is very sheltered so it hasn't been you know heavily heavily impacted by western influence and technology and all these things and you know you go up into the village and there are pigs running around and children singing and playing and it's just really really beautiful so it's just it's a beautiful place physically but just the people there are they're just really incredible and it, it shifts your perception of happiness and you know there it's not a culture where they need a lot of stuff to be happy and uh, I had somebody say to me once you know in some cultures wanting more than what you have is a sign of insanity <laughs> and, oh, interesting. Um, I know and I don't think it's a bad thing I think I think it's a great thing and I think that you know money is a reflection of the value that we're giving and I think that putting yourself in a position where you can have a great lifestyle and have and enjoy the money that you're earning and and making a difference in that process is really important and I think you know sometimes we we have uh, or, you know, limitation around money as well, you know, I don't deserve it or whatever it is, but it, and it's not true. Like you deserve to have the money and you deserve to enjoy the money and, 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 and have that be an important part of your life. But it's just, it's that balance where it can't overtake your life. Hmm. Yeah. Great point. Really great point. So for you. Oh, okay. My favorite place in the world. Okay. So if I had to choose one, I, um, right. My last year of college, I lived in Mexico for a while and I got to travel around the entire country for the most part, which I loved. And, um, one of my favorite places was in, um, Zihuatanejo, Mexico, which is, um, if you ever saw, um, the Tim Robbins movie, The Shawshank Redemption, it's like that yeah. place that he goes in the very end of the movie, but it's this beautiful little fishing, um, village that's like right on the, the blue water and it just um, I mean I was like the college kids staying in the little uh, um, what do you call it the little uh, uh, halfway house resort type of, the, of a thing yeah, yeah. Hostel, the hostel thank you yeah. good god um, and um, it just was a great experience I was like so everyone just welcomed me everyone I love Mexico like everyone's so friendly and so you nice it's impressive you sound you you sounded local when you when you said the name of the town yeah well I grew up on the border in in Arizona so I grew up like very like I'm, I'm fluent in Spanish I can't say that like it's always clicks but like you know like I grew up knowing like Spanish was definitely integrated into into my culture growing up so um yeah I just love it that was definitely one of my favorite places um okay last question is I know you have kids and I know you're a very busy businesswoman. So what do you do for date night with your husband? What's one of your favorite things to do for date night? I'm not going to share that. <laughs> this is the G-rated. This is before that. Come on. You know, 20 years of marriage, but I'm still not going to. 
No, I'm so kidding. You gotta have fun, right? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, I had to get you done that one. But um, <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I think number one is just scheduling date night. You know what we realize when you have kids is that you never get to finish a conversation ever. So uh, you know, we said our our, our next conversation can be finished when they graduated. So you know, and it's amazing, and it's important to have time with the family, but it's also important for us to have time together. So we just, you know, we're pretty simple people. We love to dine. We love to go out to nice restaurants. We live in San Diego. There's a ton of places to go here. Places to go, you know, right on the beach that are fantastic. So we love to go out with you know friends or clients or whatnot or ourselves, or, and maybe go to a movie. You know, that's kind of that's our thing. You know, or um, or to a show. So. So we're, we're pretty simple that way. What about you? And I don't want, just give me, give me the, the G version of, of your. Okay. Okay. G version is, um, I'll be very specific here. My husband and I are both explorers. So there's nothing that makes us happier than like getting in our car and going. Um, so there is right now, one of our favorite places to go is, um, Boca Grande, which is about two hours South of us on the Gulf coast of Florida amazingly beautiful and um you know it's it's like a it's a private island like you have to kind of pay you know whatever toll to get on so which means that not a lot of people go on there so it's really you know not a whole heck of a lot of people so we've been there sometimes when the beaches are like we are the only people on the beach it's amazing water so we go down there and we might like sometimes we just go down there to watch the sunset and then like go eat dinner there's this beautiful restaurant right there you know where your feet are still in the sand and everything and um we just or sometimes we go there for like all day we'll like run around the island have a workout and then go swim but it's it's just paradise it's absolutely wonderful that's great it, it is that time away is important it really really is very true well pam this has been a lot of fun thank you so much for your time today and thanks for really sharing your story that i know is is uh is just so gonna ring true for a lot of people listening today so thank you so much for being here Oh, it's my pleasure. You're you're a lot of fun. And in addition to being a go-getter, adding a lot of value to to businesses and people's lives. I just I love your your fun approach to everything. And um, just congratulations. bizwomenrock.com forward slash 110 is where you will find this entire conversation with Pam as well as some great quotes that I got out of this conversation and all the links to her website and a bunch of great stuff about her. So was I not right? Like, was she not like super cool and amazing? Um, she was just cracking me up towards the end there. Um, you know, out of all of the business knowledge that she gave, I think the biggest takeaway that I got from that had nothing to do with business, actually. It was the fact that at the end of the year, she and her husband schedule out time and block out time for the coming year for themselves and for their vacations and for their date nights and for the time that they're going to spend with each other. And, and they let everything you know, kind of happen around that. I just, I, I love that. I'm, I'm definitely going to do that this year. I've never done that before. And I just think that it's, you know, shifting your mindset as to, you know, where your priorities are. I just absolutely love that. So I hope you really enjoyed listening to this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. Um, and I hope that you really got at least one thing. There were dozens and dozens of really great things in there, but I hope you got at least really one great story that you connected to or, resource that you thought was really, really great or a strategy that you can now go use for your business. Um, that's the whole point of this is take it, be inspired by it and go use it. Take it, you know, put action behind that. I love you. I hope you have a great day and I can't wait to see you on the next episode. See ya. See ya.